three, two, one. Welcome. This is Heltilla Weekly, episode number 28, coming out to you live from Singapore and Finland. Today is an absolutely beautiful day. Hope you are all doing well and staying safe as we are continuing under the coronavirus pandemic. Um, do make sure you wear your face masks, do sanitize yourself and keep, so, keep your social distance at the same time to keep yourself and your loved ones and everybody else healthy and safe as well. Um, today's episode is an epic, epic episode. Uh, we will be diving into deep um, of high performance culture, how to actually achieve your peak performance and peak states without actually burning yourself down and making sure you optimize your performance at every stage of your life and regardless of what your goals actually are. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this discussion. And, and for that, we have a special, special guest today. Uh, his name is Petteri Kilpinen. Petteri is a director at Ava Wellbeing. Uh, he's a speaker, a coach, a board professional. He's a board uh, chairman of the board uh, of the Latamo Group and Sportspot board member in, in the football club HJK and Pikkuyatti Medical Group and board member of Springvest as well. And his mission is to energize, inspire and develop others so that they could get more out of their lives and themselves as well. And he's written three books. Um, one, first one called Liekeissa, which means on fire. Second one, Inspiroitunut, which means inspired. And the third one called Varianssi, called Variance, how to load yourself with energy. Um, so obviously an, a, a very, very productive gentleman. He's a, f- a father of five very active and energetic po- boys as well. A passionate runner. Um, he's one of the top uh, runners in his age group in Finland, which, uh, which we just learned that he's actually won some me- medals just recently uh, in the competitions as well. So he's an absolutely brilliant guest for this episode. Petteri, welcome. How are you? Thank today? you very much. How's your day so I'm far? I'm feeling great. Uh, it's been very good. So it's morning in Finland. So I uh, had a good breakfast and uh, had a good first meeting today. And now I'm here full of energy with you guys. Absolutely awesome. We also have our COO of the Heldzilla uh, business, Tommy Rupa. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Welcome really back. looking forward to this discussion um, today. Um, I already met Petteri face to face yesterday and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really eager to hear what he has to say about the topics we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. Um, so, Petteri, could you give us a short introduction to uh, about yourself? Oh, yes, I think the, your introduction was great. So it was nice to hear that. So it's, it's always nice to hear that someone else is, is, is pregnant, not by myself. But, but uh, my background is that I, I used to work as a CEO of a of, of, uh, professional services for 20 years in international uh, international and, and domestic business. So I traveled a lot, I worked too much, and uh, I had a five little kids, and I I, I wrote my first book, and, and uh, I tried to run my first marathon and all this stuff. So I learned in a hard way what it means to work too much, try to be, try to performing in a high level, at the same time being a good father. So actually, uh, it it's about 10, 15 years ago when I realized that uh, I can't continue like that. So I, I, I took my deep dive to, to how to perform better, how to, how to have a balance in life and how to, how to feel energetic as long as I live. And uh, 
then I uh, I started to do this more like public speaking and and, and training the management groups and and, uh, and uh, like seven eight years ago and since that I've, I've done that uh, I've learned a lot in my my latest books is all about all about how to manage your energy so. We are talking a lot about how to manage your time, but I think it's more important to manage your energy. Do you have your best energy in the moments? Those are the, the most important in your life. So that's kind of my mission. And, and it is a it is a very fast you know fascinating um, story at, uh, for sure. Um, as you mentioned that that you know you noticed at some stage that that um, that you know the lifestyle you might might have had uh, previously would not be sustainable. Was there something that a tipping point of some sort, or uh, what was the sort of turning point uh, where you noticed that you would need to focus on you know healthier habits to build your peak peak performance and to be able to be you know family man and uh, and a you know, top um, CEO as well. I can't say that it was one, one moment or something like that. I just woke up one morning and realized that I can continue like that. It was it was not a longer process, but uh, when we are aging, like like after 40, 45 years old, we we start losing the the capacity what we have. We start losing the energy levels that we had had at the younger age, and uh, uh, it's it's kind of a break you have to take from your previous life you understand that if you like to be in a business for the next 15 20 years if you like to have a good life for the rest of your life you have to change something i think that most of us we, we still have a lot of energy and we are 35 and we're 40 because you know everything's new you don't have to, you don't need so much sleep and all the stuff but you know you can't live like that forever so one day you're going to lose your grip so was was this um, this sort of um, uh, personal experience the, the the trigger for you to get more into coaching and performance optimization as well? Absolutely, absolutely. So first of all, uh, I think we all have to learn for first about ourselves. So we have to practice practice what we preach. So I can't trust someone to tell tell us how to be how to live live more energetic life how to be a top executive uh, in, in a busy life and still have energy if you don't have experience on that as well. So I don't really trust if if, if, if someone, uh, me as a CEO or someone come to me and say that, that don't work so much, don't work so hard, you know, do you know, and, and uh, she or he is 22 years old personal trainer. So because they don't understand the, the, the circumstances, the, the surroundings that you live. So you have to, really adopt uh, these learnings, the, the, how the C-level guys are living their life. You can't say that don't, don't work, don't think too much, because that's what they are paid for. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, uh, so, if I may, Nikos, go sorry, can, can I, yeah, because uh, what Petri was just you know, saying, you know, really well resonates with you know, some of the things that I've been um, pondering myself. Um, you know, because what you what I heard you just say is that you know typically around 40 45 uh, people become aware or you know awake to you know not being able to continue as they have done so far and and I, I think of, of course that's most likely very sort of um, individual in the sense that you know for some people that might already happen when they're 30 or some people it happens when they're 50 or you know whatever um, I'm just wondering that um, 
does this also show in your uh, your work so your customers that you know what kind of people you meet um, on day-to-day basis when you when you um, do your job and and is it is it like you know also not only in your in case of yourself but also in terms of your customers it's, it's around you know they're 40 45 that people in this case your customers start to sort of wonder and, and find for a new solution to manage their energy is, is that what you're seeing, seeing also in your in your customers absolutely absolutely and and uh, and it's kind of for all levels uh, you know it's not just the sea level people it's, it's all kind of people are having the same thing and it's 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 quite natural because if you think about what happens when you're 45 when you're turning 50 so we all know the menopause we know the the hormone levels are, are decreasing so you don't have the energy supply in a level you you had before but when you are in in between 40 and 50 i think the energy demand is still increasing so if these lines are crossing the energy supply is going down and energy demand is going up so you feel fatigue all the time you you, you don't have enough energy to do things i know a lot of a lot of my uh my customers uh, people are involved in our uh, trainings that, that that they can survive during the day they can really survive uh, the demand of the job but when they go back home seeing they, they they spouses or their kids they they are just recovering they have nothing left to the the most important people in life so i don't think that's a good way of living your life so if you have a family, if you have a friends, if you have a hobbies, but you have never energy to do anything on those, so you can survive day by day your work. But that's it. So I think it's it's, it's a sad way of living your life. It sounds to me, you know, it's probably not only in the in the sort of business world, if you will, but also if we talk about performing artists or or you know athletes, that there's this you know this time window within which they need to be. 120% of what, you know, unable to, to, to perform. And then outside mm-hmm. of that, you know, it might be totally different. Like, you know, they just need to rewind and, you know, collect energy mm-hmm. to be able to perform once again when that time window comes. But, you know, if, mm-hmm. from the point of view of that person and, 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 and the other people in that person's life, then as you said, you know, that probably is not optimal. <laughs> so, but of course, you know, Depending on what, what you know, each and every one of us born from our lives is, is of course, I guess, the basic question. Also, that if, if that's what you want, then maybe that's fine. But if, if it's something else you want, that your values change, then of course you need to also consider this issue. Yeah, that's right. That's why I always say that that the managing your energy is a skill that you can develop. It's it's a skill that you have energy for the most important things in your life. So you can be great at your work, but you can be great dad as well back home. So it's not, you don't have to compromise these things, but you have to manage your minutes better. Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive into that a bit uh, more, if you may. Um, now, how, how can we then optimize the energy and our peak performance in our endeavors, in, in, in our lives as well, without actually breaking our bodies and, and minds as well? Yeah, yeah. So in my latest book called Variance, so uh, I introduced the theory of variance method, which means that all the energy in, in, in 
universal in, in a people's life, but in our nature, everywhere happens because of the, the oscillation, the kind of the pulse. So if the stress and recovery follows each other in a rhythmic way, so actually you create more energy by doing things. But if you think about how we work today and, uh, and uh, with all the mobile devices we have and all the stuff, so we don't have a peak stress and then good recovery. It's kind of a steady state line between. We are not really focusing on things because we have our attention everywhere. Because in the meetings, we have to check our emails, we have to check the phone and all this stuff. So we are not really focused on things. So it's not the best performing level. So it's kind of an average level. But then we have a recovery, like the breaks between the meetings or whatever it is. So with new breaks, we also we check the mails, we, you know, we, we use the mobile device or we can't do, do social media, stuff like that. So we never really rest. So if we have a very rhythmic stress and rest pulse, you know, what we call variance in life, in all kind of, you know, it's, it's how you eat during the day, you know. If you have a breakfast in the morning, keep breakfast in the morning, don't eat snacks between uh, breakfast and the lunch, have a good lunch, and don't eat snacks between the kind of what your next meal will be. Or if you do sport, you only get better in running, for example, which is, is I know quite well, is that if you have a very stressful, very intensive training, you have to have enough recovery after. We all know that, but the way we work, we have forgotten all of these. We, 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 we have two meetings, you know, the first teams or two meeting, whatever. And it, when it ends, we rush to have our emails and checking all this stuff. And then we rush back to the next meeting. We skip our lunch, you know, and we become very average in our life. We are not getting the best out of ourselves. The only way to get the best out of ourselves is, is following this rhythmic way of uh, stress and recovery, what we call variance. And it, it, it goes everywhere, every field of your life. I do, I do very much like this, uh, this, this description you gave us in terms of the variance and the rhythmic way of life. I guess, um, and I, I can definitely vouch that in my own life as well, which has happened in, in, the, in the past few years, as I've started to optimize, optimize my health and well-being and performance at the same time, is that when you just completely keep on plowing without um, you know, having that variance in your life, then you're... Um, output decreases dramatically and which obviously starts to have impact in your sleep patterns and into your stress your stress levels will go up you'll see that from your data as well which can be for example measured in our healthzilla app um, as well uh, so it, it like it literally starts to deteriorate your your mind and body if you do not have this variance um, in life so how would you then um recommend us to start building that variance in, in our lives? Because it's, it, it can't, I mean, getting to that balance, I guess, might be a bit difficult if you are, especially if you are um, uh, like a high performance, uh, high performing CEO or something like that. Yeah, I think the, there's a, there's a kind of a misunderstanding how to be effective in your work, how to perform better in your work. Because we all think that doing more, we get better results. And uh, that's not true. It's doing better, you get better results. 
understanding this is a big difference. So if you are just thinking about linearly doing more, like most of the performers think, it starts to be skipping your lunch, you're skipping your breaks, you're working hard, you're working late in the night, you know, you're doing your stuff till midnight, you didn't sleep well. So they think, yes, I've I've worked more than other guys. So it doesn't mean that that you, you're going to be better. It, it means that you are just more tired. And when you are more tired, mm. it takes two hours to do one hour's task. So you need more hours. You have to do more. And that's the kind of a very negative spiral down, down your life. So if you really believe that micro breaks during the day, like of four or five good breaks, you know, you're just breathing well, you know, get your stress levels down and relax a bit and then you jump to the next next task in your life you get so much more out of your life and uh, I think that's the, that's kind of a problem in the nowadays world that we, we are all kind of an average version of ourselves because we are thinking that working more we get better results and it's not true. Yeah, I fully agree with that. It's um, and especially in in some um, Asian cultures where I've I've been working for the last ten years or so um, here in Singapore as well. You can see that that the office culture quite often is such, especially in in, in larger multinational companies, is that um, the the office culture secretly rewards the people who stay in the office for the longest time, which is like completely ridiculous if you may if you if you think of this from a logical standpoint because you can obviously uh, question the efficiency of the people Th- that was myself by the way uh, back in the day before i realized it <laughs> that it wasn't it wasn't a good thing but uh, it, it's completely the opposite like it drives people into stress and inefficiency plus destroys their personal life as well right absolutely and and, and, and what it destroys your creativity as well because if you work too hard, too much, uh, and uh, too long hours without any breaks. So you, your brains cannot uh, become with the new ideas. So, so it's not possible. So it's not possible to create new ideas. You just, you know, you're doing the things you've done before hmm. and uh, you know, never stop prioritize uh, creating new ideas. So I think the, the, to be very successful in the, in the working life, you need some creativity to think in a new ways. And people are, are skipping skipping the breaks and working long hours are just you know doing the same thing day after day. Indeed. And one day they realize that they, they they're losing their job and they haven't 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 created any new in their life. And it's a sad story for for many people. And and at the same time, as you said, they have ruined their, their personal life as well. You're absolutely right, and, and and the whole point about creativity or loss of creativity through, um, like driving yourself too hard and too long hours as well. That's actually quite detrimental for your job security as well, because if we look at like modern day technologies, AI and so forth, uh, the one piece which AI, for example, cannot replace is creativity. So, if, if you think of it from that angle, then obviously it's it's a massive investment for your financial security and your future if you you know start you know taking building variants into your life and increasing your creativity at your work as well at the same time that's that's a way our brains are functioning our brains brains are functioning in a way that when you work hard you don't really normally when you work very hard you don't get new ideas you get the new ideas 
when you stop working hard. So if you're trying to find new ideas very, very intensively, you spend one hour in a workshop or two hours in a workshop, um, it might be that you don't get any, any such a great ideas at the same time. But afterwards, you go walking, you go, you take a shower, you, you go jogging, and all the great ideas come to you in the mind. So because the brains are functioning that way, they need a break from, from intensive thinking, but they continue working kind of a subconscious mind and, and find you the great solution. But people who are never having this kind of breaks, they never got new ideas. Um, just wondering um, if, if I may ask a question here, uh, Nico. Of course. Because um, um, now, now that we're talking about like, you know, um, a sort of a, a treadmill into which people um, uh, or find themselves in a treadmill uh, eventually, and, and then they realize that that, that doesn't work. Um, uh, can you, Petri, give any, any concrete examples based on your uh, work with your customers that, you know, how does that typically then start to change? Because what you previously said is that, you know, around 40, 45, 50, people become aware or, you know, awake to the fact that they're not able to continue performing in the same way that they have done until then. But if you come to think of it, it, it means that they have maybe studied through college and, and universities and whatnot and, you know, you know worked for already several decades in a certain mode. And, and now all of a sudden they would need to change. So how, how are they able to change? What is the sort of way forward there? Is there, you know, typical journey that people sort of go through or is it always you know, different from person to person? How do you see that? Yeah. I, I believe that, that people are, the, the problem is why, why it's so di difficult to change. One of the reasons is that people are setting too big goals. They, they think that, that kind of New Year's resolution kind of idea that I'm going to change everything next year. So 2021 is, is going to be the thing when I'm going to lose 20, 20 kilos and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to run every day and all this stuff. So, and, and the high performers are doing that mistakes every time. So the better thing to think about that is, 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 is have what kind of new habits I have to, to have in my life. So goal is okay, but the, the way to change yourself is to think about what, what new kind of new habits I can, I can add in my life. And it also means that you might have some, uh, some uh, competitive commitments in your life. So what are the commitments what I have now I have to get rid of? For example, if someone likes to have a, a, a three times a week, a week, a morning run, new habit, right? It's not too much having three times, half an hour a, a day uh, in three times a week. So you have to, what is my, my competitive commitment? My com competitive co commitment is just, I love to watch Netflix, you know, after the kids go to bed. So. I always, I'm always awake till midnight. So I think these two, two goals are not going well together. So if you don't sleep enough, you, are, you don't have energy to run in the morning. So then you have to think, am I ready to skip my Netflix moment? If you're not, don't try to set a new habit of having a morning, morning run. But if you are ready, yes, you can do it. So including little, habits like two three habits per 100 days and then have a next habit 
you can reinvent yourself in two years. And I think that's when you, you have a kind of a new way of living your life. So two, three years is, is, is the right timing for things, not eight weeks, losing weight in four weeks or something like that. So think about then what's going to happen in two years. So if I change seven habits in my life in the next two years, you're going to be a totally new person. You're going to have so much more energy and fulfillment in your life. That is such a great, great way of putting it, I guess. Um, um, and this is something we in, in HealthZilla team are very fond of um, as we are promoting the healthy habits uh, through our gamify. Yeah, actually, guys, what you're doing, because it's, it's all about these healthy habits. Exactly, it's, it's exactly. Habits, but, but you have enough of them when the time goes on. Indeed. And, and one of the things which you mentioned is that because people try to try to get this sort of low hanging fruits or setting some goals of losing 20 kilos in eight weeks or whatever it is. Um, but like these are only like the, the sort of um, easy, easy goals, uh, but they, they will not like almost ever create long lasting change. I, I like how you put it in that like just choose one, two or three habits, which you will build over the next 100 days, which is like over three months um, and do that for the next two years and create like maybe five to seven new habits within that two year time period. And you can sort of reinvent, reinvent yourself completely. That's long-term planning. And that actually has the, has the, the probably, probably the best chance to actually um, uh, succeed as well. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely, absolutely so. I, it's another thing what I, I, I use in my, my trainings is, is, is term what I, I, I call uh, deep motivation. So I always ask the first question, why you would like to change? So if we are just like to lose some, some weight, so after three, four weeks, we get really bored to be hungry all the time. So, and uh, it's not lasting. So start with why. Think about why this is important for you. What is your deep motivation for changing things? Why you need more energy in life? And uh, most of the C-level people, the, the, the reason comes to why they would like to change the way they live their lives is that but they, they always said that the, the most important value in their life is, is their family. And then I asked that how much you have energy, your best, energy how, how focused you are with your family and this is very poorly so that that's the why you you good in your work you know but if, if you like to live based in your deep motivation your family life uh, you need more energy you have to change things how you mm. live your life so well, let's start with the why and then have a set some goal which supports this 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 deep motivation and then the, the secret weapon is, is to change the habits, your, your daily habits in your life. Yes, so, so it all comes back to the big why in your life. So when, whenever we, we are starting to rebuild our new habits, it, it starts to, it has to start with the big why, I, the, the deep motivation as per what you mentioned. That's obviously the, the North Star, which guides our daily actions quite a bit as, as well. It's just interesting, you know, I've been, I've been sort of thinking about this quite a bit, um, especially as, as we are building our service um, as well, is that, you know, why is it so difficult for 
us as human beings or for many of us to actually build lasting habits and make those changes in life. Now, I've, I've sort of thought about it that it, it's simply the, the short-termism or the short-term gratitude um, seeking which comes through uh, these you know, lose 10 kilos in two days or whatever, um, magic pill type um, change diets or or whatever it might be. The Netflix is a sort of a, a quick fix as well. It gives you instant gratification and all that. Would you think that that's like one of those big barriers of um, uh, between people actually making those lasting changes? Absolutely. I, I think it is the, uh, yeah, the, the reasons that people, that they they love the quick fixes. So that's why there's always a new trend, you know, for like a new diet and trend, uh, trend or whatever. So they, they fall in love with that and they try that for a few weeks and then, then it's over. And what happens after that is that people link together that the change in your life habits and a failure is, is like, a, like a, what, what happens naturally. So I always ask in my in my trainings that how many of you have tried to change some some way of living, you know, the, the habits in your life, and uh, everyone's raised their hands. And how many of you have failed? Um, uh, the same hands up up again. So people think that that if you have a set, if you set too big goals, too challenging change, too short period of time, is certain way to fail. So now people are thinking that. I cannot do that. I cannot. I know. I, I. I might try, but I have failed so many times before. I'm gonna fail again. So if you don't believe the change you do, so how on earth you can be successful? So that's why I said, have a small goals, set the small goals, and feel that you are successful. You start telling yourself a story that I can manage that. I know how to do the life changes in, in habit, mm-hmm. change my habits with my life because if I could drink in the water, more water today. So let's have a let's have a goal that I would like to have a more energy energy in my life. So I start with having a having a two glasses of water every morning. So all of us can do that. And after a few weeks, you can say that I'm pretty good on these things. You know, I can I can stay on that. So let's have a next habit in your life and next habit in your life. And after a year, you're going to tell all your friends that I'm pretty good on these things. So then you can really see the change in your life. But if you have like to say, like to lose 20 kilos in, in eight weeks, it's, it's, you, might, you might do it, but by next eight weeks, you're going to get the, all the way back. So you feel depressed. That's yeah. Really, really good points. Um, um, because uh, one of the th- sort of uh, behavioral health science theories that we have built our service upon um, is, is based on the work done by uh, BJ Fogg in, in Stanford. And, and just the, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a, a podcast where uh, he was interviewed. And, and, and he said that, um, you, know, you know, this is a quote, that emotions create habits. Repetition doesn't create habits. So especially what you just better said that it's it's actually the emotion the emotion of being successful in doing something that you you do right so just having that one glass of water for instance that's pretty sort of low hanging fruit and you're really re- it's really easy for you to be uh, feel successful um, when you do that but if you try to sort of reach too far that you know I'm gonna feel successful only when I have lost that twenty kilos or whatever you know it's yep. it's way too far. 
it's going to you know most likely fail and and you will feel bad and and feeling bad doesn't help you to change <laughs> unless you're really desperate right so um in that sense you know making those small successes along the way is actually the way to make a change as as you know we we see it and and, and based on what you know this bj forget is also sort of promoting that sort of perspective i fully agree so so let, let's have the small steps you know the small steps but that always the new step so so i think that i've changed my life i changed my life and my energy level in the last 10 years based on little steps i i changed something in my life every year a couple of times but never tried to change all the things at once so that's that's kind of the, the biggest mistake what people do that's and now i have to really do work hard to me i have to use my willpower a lot if you have used your willpower every every time you you do some new habits so that one day you don't have a willpower yeah, yeah. that's actually a really good really good point because i, I think that uh, the willpower is also sort of in a way if you will limited resource uh, you, you, you can only have so much <laughs> Uh, at a time and then you yeah, need to quickly... willpower. willpower is like a, a start engine in your car so you can start your change but you can't drive with it you need a real motor and, and for that so start engine is not you know you need willpower to, to, to have your first step but then you, you have to have a habit and in my theory the habits become a routine one day so routine is the thing that you don't have to think anymore like a like uh, having a shower in the morning so how, how many of us need a willpower for that so you know it's just routine you don't need any energy you just walk and, and help in the shower and take a shower and that's it and and you can create this kind of a habits in all all, all kind of uh, things in your life mm -hmm. uh, if i may i'm not quite sure nico what you had in mind but i, right. I i'd like to sort of open open a a um a discussion towards uh sort of a bit different point of view for, uh, for this whole thing because now we what we have been discussing is that um you know it's pretty much about like you need to do it you as an individual if you want to change it's up to you and you need to do something in order to you know have a change but how do you see Petri, that um what is the sort of role of of the environment and, and circumstances in people's lives if they want to make a change and, and this is a sort of a, maybe a, a bit, bit of a bad joke, but the, the saying goes that if an alcoholic uh, a person wants to you know, change, the, the first thing that they need to do is to change their friends, right? So uh, in, in that sense, how do you see that, you know, being a high performer in a high performing organization, for instance, and all of a sudden you start to sort of think that, okay, I would need to change. Is it possible for you alone to change? Or is it something that you also need to consider in the context of, of the sort of wider um, context, uh, the organization and the people and, and, and whatnot around you? How do you see this? It's, it's, it's a very good point. I believe that one of the key, key things to, to have a long-lasting change is, is the social support. So your, your interacts are action per day what kind of people you are surrounded with what kind of friends you have what kind of a family you have plays a crucial role in your change so i always say that if you have a too much like a toxic 
relationships, you know, bad relationships. So it's so difficult to change though. So start thinking about with whom I spend most of my time. And uh, all of us, we can change that. We, we cannot change the, the kind of the teams we are working with our work or our customers. Perhaps we can change a little bit of how much we give, we give time to the people who have a bad energy, how much we give our time who have a good energy at work. Right. How much we give, give our time to those people who really support the change as well. But in your, in your social life, how you can spend more time with your friends who are really supporting the good things in your life. Do you have enough time to have a phone call or meet your friends and, and spend time with those? If you have relatives who are bringing your bad energy, so how much you can skip time you spend with them? You don't, you don't have to divorce or something like that. You know, I don't mean that, but you know, you can focus your time for those people who support your change. And um, but but it's a very good question because because I always say that we can always blame the surroundings. We can always blame our work culture. We can always blame other people. Or we always change our spouse. We can always blame our kids or whatever why we don't do things. So the only one who we can change in our life is ourselves. So if the surroundings are not supporting you enough, you, you, you can still try by yourself. And that's very good if, if after that you get, you get more, more support from the others. So, but, but yes, if, if someone likes to start doing some exercise, like workouts and stuff like that, and you have never done that before, don't try to do it alone. Try to go with the group, you know, try to find a friend who is doing the same thing and you will start to this better. So it's both things. Don't outsource the things for the reasons which you cannot change. So like of people around you or, or whatever, where you live or something like that. So you always find a way to do it by yourself. And by, but also the support is needed. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's really, really sort of resonates with you know, how I see things as well, which doesn't mean it's, it's correct, but it means that, you know, it's, we, we see this thing, this issue similarly. Because um, what, what I'm, you know, noticed about myself as well is like um, that when it comes to sports, let's, let's take sports for, uh, as an instance, um, that, you know, I like to do CrossFit. I like to go to the gym or the box where there's really nice people. Actually, the main reason for me to go there in a way is is because of the people uh, i really like to be there and hang out with the people and work out with the people without the people i wouldn't go there right you know to to, to grab the, the barbell and you know dumbbells or whatever i wouldn't do that you know it's so boring just to train for me at least so actually the social aspect is really crucial and and and, and yeah. as you said when it comes to the workplace maybe you don't have that much freedom of choice um you know who you can work with and and you know so what is the culture but nevertheless it is still uh, something that you can start to change within yourself and in your own behavior starting with maybe the mindset first and the why as we have discussed and then getting that support and i guess i guess that is a main part of what you do as, as your job Petri. The, the, to sort of provide that support and maybe also the sort of know-how about you know what should be done and and how uh, how do you see that is this sort of a, a key part of what you do that you provide this sort of social yeah. support as well uh yeah absolutely that's one last thing about the most of our time 
uh, I spend with the management groups because I, I believe that we have to change their, their working cultures. So we have a lot of trainers here, but my focus area is the management, management teams mm. and, and the C-level people. So because if they understand, if they get more energy to themselves, if they, re- if they realize that that's very, very useful, so they will become the ambassadors with this kind of a new working culture and, and it's going to change the whole company. So that's why I don't believe that we just get a good information for the people. If top management is not involved, if they are not commit, committed, the change will never happen in the culture. So some people are start feeling bad because they know what to do, but the culture is supporting that. So that's why it's very important that the also management understand that uh, that makes our company way better. So the reputation, the culture, the results will be way better if we take care of people's energy better. So, so that's why I, I, I spend most of the time from the top, top level people because I, I know that it will change the whole company if they realize how important it is. How do you better see, you, know, you, you have worked um, both uh, sort of in Finland and, and internationally for decades. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you see that you know the topic of of health and wellness you know for instance how that is viewed today among you know top management teams and, and, and top top leaders compared to let's say 10 years or 20 years ago has that changed it has changed a lot it has changed a lot uh, I think to see to, to be a CEO today it's so demanding that if you are not in a good, if your fitness level is not good enough, you can't survive in the work. So it really has changed. So the one, one typical example is that there's a lot of C-level people uh, uh, crazy for triathlon, these kinds of things, you know, where it's really demanding sport. So the sport is becoming uh, uh, one of the main hobbies of the C-level people, which is a good thing. But at the same time, the work itself for the, the all levels uh, uh, in organization, the work itself has become so much demanding because of, of, uh, of we are, we are 20, 24-7 working, you know, we are never leave our work, we have our to-do list, you know, online or stuff, because we have these mobile devices, we have PMS, we have a global global businesses all the time, so we might have a Zoom meeting at 5 o'clock in the morning or the last one in 11 o'clock in the, in the evening and stuff like that. So the work is becoming very demanding and, and uh, I think we still have a lot of... Now the CEO level understand they need more energy, they have to be fitter, but they don't really know how to change the whole organization's energy level. They just put more load on it. So And, and that's why we see at the moment a lot of people so fatigued, so tired, so depressed, and the kind of mental problems of uh, everyday workers are increasing so rapidly at the moment because they don't know how to, to manage themselves. It's all about uh, that the work has a good structure 20 years ago. 20 years ago, in this kind of time before internet, so people, when they, when they left their work, they really left their work. But nowadays, you never leave your work. So you, you're work, working all the time. So in old days, the company gave you a structure for your life. It's called a nine-to-five structure. And then you have your spare time, your the leisure time, family time. Now, 
you, you that the company doesn't give, give it to you anymore. So you don't, you have to manage yourself better. So the self-management skills are crucial to survive in this life. So don't expect that someone else is, is giving you a structure because you, you have your work in your mind 24-7. So you have to you have to really set up the agenda for yourself. So when I have a break, when I do some exercise, when I have time with my family and stuff, you really have to very good structure by yourself, not coming from the work. Mm. Uh, it, to me, you know, this sounds like, you know, um, um, another topic that I have been reading about and, and actually listening to some podcasts about is that uh, in order to actually achieve that, that you are able to make conscious choices, which means that not only you are reacting to what the environment is sort of pushing to, to you in terms of um, what you need to do, where you need to focus, how do you spend your energy? What you actually need to do is to sort of take ownership and responsibility, even if you will, of your own life, your own energy, which means that as yeah. we discussed earlier, that you need to make conscious choices between what you do and what you don't do. So like here in your example earlier that, if you want to start the you know building a habit that you go for a morning run three days per week you know 30 minutes uh, at a time mm. then it might be that you need to you know skip that netflix the previous night mm. and you need to make that conscious choice that that's what you want to do and then stick to it right and, and in yeah. small pieces maybe but anyway you need to be conscious enough uh to, to so maybe go against the sort of main current of how people behave and and that might be difficult absolutely and quite challenging absolutely. but that's what it takes i think absolutely and, and it, it comes back to variance uh thinking so i always say that we can be at our very best uh two three times per day it cannot be our very best all the time it's, it's not possible we don't have energy you know for that so if we think that our life is like a long marathon, so we have a to-do post, you know, 42 to-do things per day. So we just go in a monotonic way the whole day. Ooh, work hard, work hard, and, and longer hours. It's ultra marathon, actually. So, so it's, we don't get our best out of ourselves that way. So the way he's thinking about, I always said, that we, we have to think about the sprinter. We are like a using bolt of our life. So we think that, you have three times per day, so it's kind of a qualification round and, and semi-final and the final. So how well you you manage those three top things that are the moments in the day actually creates your success in working life. So if you are always the average guy, you're never gonna success in your life. But if you save some energy between the, the, the important points in the, in the meetings or whatever they are in your life. And you are at your very best when, when it's needed. You're going to be very successful in life. And that's why follow the variance, you know, think about that, you know, nine o'clock meeting is most important. Uh, one of the most important things, one o'clock and four o'clock meetings. These three things are the things we, I have to have my full energy, my capacity on plate. And, and I'm going to, I can be great. And people remember those. They don't remember the ice work. It's just working along and running like a slow marathon day after day. 
such interesting topics, really, um, and very, very in-depth discussion. Now, uh, Petteri, how would you then, um, your, what, what, what in your opinion, how could we utilize data um, in this variance or in this sort of perform, performance optimization? What I mean by that is, is, is there any kind of like testing or wearable devices or something like that? Can we utilize um, this type of te- technology um, in the performance op- optimization? Of course, I think it's, it's uh, I love the new gadgets. I, I love to track myself and, and, and seeing the how well I, I've, I've been sleeping or stuff like that, even if they are not 100% correct as in mind. So, so the, the thing that you start measuring yourself, you're, you're measuring especially recovery. I'm not worried about how well you, you're, you're measuring your your, stre- your, your stressful things, because we are very good on that. We are very good on putting ourselves in the places where, where, where the stress level is high, like a presentation or uh, you know, high-intensive running, whatever. Sure. We are good on that. We are not good on, good on thinking about recovery. So if we start measuring the recovery, we can get great results. So that gives you the, you know, the, 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 the guidance of how to live your life if you measure your recovery. And that's also the, the, the opposite is, is true. But normally people like to, to follow the, the, you know, the stressful things, you know, the, the, the trainings, the workouts, workouts. But I think it's more important to think about the recovery, how to measure that. Indeed, and, and how do you and how do, do some of the, the top performance in, under your coaching, how, how do you and, and them uh, measure recovery usually? Well, I think we have a lot to do on that field, but of course they must have, have, must have, have some gadgets like Garmin's or, or uh, Aura's or whatever, mm-hmm. or Rings, and, and they, they start uh, tracking their sleeping. I think sleep, sleep is a very important uh, uh, indicator. Because oh, yeah. You, you see that, that if you are not recovering during the day, you don't sleep well. And, and if you don't sleep well, you don't recover in the night. So I think sleep is the first thing to, to really to track your, your, your performance. So I think that's the first thing. But, but also there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a really easy way to think about it. If you are every morning, if you are every morning very tired when you sleep, you don't need an auto range tell that. If you are, it's very difficult to wake up in the morning, so something is really, really wrong in your life. Another thing that if you never have energy when you go back home, if you, you, can't, if you are not in a good mood, when you go back home after work to see your, your, your family, I think that's enough to tell you that you have to change. So people who, has not, who is not happy at home are not performing well in the long run during their working days. So because it harms your, 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 the, the best social life so much that you really lose, lose something big in your life. So yes, you need... It's great we have the new technology. It's great we yeah. have the new data available. I love it. But also listen to yourself and, and, and observe yourself. I think it's one of the best things for any busy, a busy uh, executive is that, that when you go back home, are you feeling great to see your family? Or are you just damn tired? And this is something, and it's, it's a great point. Uh, it is something that, Obviously, is a very close spy to our to the Healthzilla team, as as one of our key metrics is the is the combined or aggregate stress score which we provide to our users, 
based on various different uh, variabilities, such as sleep and HRV and resting heart rate and many other data points as well. But even as, as per what you alluded to, is that even though you might have these wearable devices or, or, or you know, using the HealthZilla service, um, then many of us are not actually like somehow mindful enough to be able to listen to our own bodies. Like, how are we actually feeling? Because we're just like, at least I can recognize this in myself. I'm just sort of plowing through life. Like I have this to-do list and then I need to go out for dinner and all that. And you, you don't um, necessarily have that uh, mindset that you stop and like listen to how does your body actually feel. So I found meditation to be really useful for that. It's like a check-in with yourself. How, how are you actually feeling uh, body and energy-wise as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I think those are, someone said to me a good example of that. When people are too tired and they have lost the most of their energy, they don't they don't realize that because they, they don't they don't really accept that it's true in, in their life. So it's the same thing when when you have drink like a like a poor gin and tonics. So if someone asks me that, uh, have you lost some of your focus now? Can are you still controlling your life well? They every, everyone is saying 100%, they never felt better. It's the same thing when you're working two months and you don't have enough recovery and people ask you, how are you doing? Yes, no problem at all, because you have your cortisol levels all up and all the stuff. So you feel that everything is all right, but the, the truth is that you don't get best out of your life. Yeah. So I don't give a card to the guy who's, who's drinking for gin and tonics, but they think that they are really focused, no problem at all. Exactly, because in that moment, uh, you know, uh, you don't you don't really feel that. And plus, the fact that the society purports the masks of masculinity, for example, whereby you just don't um, reveal any or any of your weaknesses or lack of energy or, or, or stress or whatnot, you're just plowing through, which can be very very harmful at the same time. Uh, it's just a hint to be very mindful of how are you actually feeling and check in with yourself. Utilize wearable devices and, of course, the Healthzilla app to uh, measure the stress levels um, and make sure you get the recovery as well uh, in that sense. Now, as we are sort of um, starting to, to wrap up, um, uh, Petteri, what are some of your own healthy habits in your life? What are your key sort of healthy habits which um, enables you to perform on your peak, peak levels and recover at the same time? I was, uh, of course, I, I, I try to practice what I preach. So uh, my life is not perfect, but it's it's, it's quite <laughs> it's quite cute. So so one of the things, let it's like I have a variance in my eating. So I I never skip breakfast, I never skip lunch. So but I don't I don't eat anything between. So I'm not snacking between those things, you know. So I have a very good rhythm in my my eating. So that's the way, quite easy way to to manage my my weight in, you know in, in the right balance and i always have micro breaks i never go from one meeting to another meeting without a break so okay that's, and, that's uh, a good tip as well yeah so the micro breaks are really really important in my life uh i have a break from my mobile phone so we, we divorce a couple of times per day so so when i go back home to see my family I always leave my phone phone out of me, so it's not in my reach for the next for the first hour. And another thing, I never sleep with my phone in the same room. So, so these two things gives me away from the mobile phone enough per day. 
other part of her life, yes, it, it, it is with me. Uh, it's okay. Powerful, yes. Uh, these are two, two quite important things that has changed changed my life, life a lot. And I always plan my days in a way that there is there is room for exercise. So I have to know today where and what time and what I'm going to exercise tomorrow. If it's not in my calendar, if it's not planned today, what I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. So, so people think that I'm going to do some exercise if I have time after work. Mm. It's only if I'm not going to do it. So you have to plan that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such powerful tips right there. It's, it's very sort of different to what we've heard, heard previously as well. And it's very actionable at the same time, which we can all sort of start building up into, um, um, into our daily lives as well. I, I really like, um, especially uh, the likes of, you know, leaving your cell phone in, in, the, in not in the same room where you're actually sleeping, taking breaks from your cell phone. That's something that a lot of us are actually struggling with all these stimulus and, and notifications and Instagrams and Spotify's and you yeah. name it, whatever there is, which actually makes us even more stressed, even though we think that when we're taking a break, I'm just going to scroll in Instagram for a bit, but that just makes you even more anxious and more stressed um, and not really giving you that break. Um, so, which is awesome. Obviously, the the fact that you you know, uh, which you mentioned about scheduling your workouts, you know, making sure you get your micro breaks and breaks during your workout as well. Such powerful uh, um, tips, indeed, uh, as well. Now, Petri, what are your three tips? Uh, three top tips for um, healthy and fulfilling life. All right. So I think the first one is, is that what I, I, I said to my, by myself. So have the micro breaks, learn to have the micro breaks. So, so between the meetings, between the important things, do two, three minutes micro break. Leave your cell phone out of your reach. Go out, breathe well, you know, relax, stretch yourself, whatever. It doesn't, if you have a one hour meeting, it doesn't mean you need a one hour recovery three active minutes is good enough for you but do that before you you rush yourself to the emails and stuff like that so micro breaks number one thing so another thing i have to say is, is uh, the social support try to try to, to have the to surround yourself with the people who are really supporting your change try to find more time to spend with the people who are supporting the things you like to change in your life. And you have to work a little bit on that. So don't just go with the flow. You talk with you, have time and stuff like that. Make a time to spend with those people who are supporting your change. And go with the, do the workouts in a group suite if needed, you know. Make a phone call when you're commuting to work and back. So with the friend who is always having good ideas in their life. So make that a kind of a plan. And the third one is, is uh, start with why. Ask, ask what is your deep motivation in your life? Why it's important to live, you know, the, the good life and more energy in your life. So, for example, I have my, my deep motivation is, is to, to quite naturally guide to, to, to be a good father to my five boys. So I have three teenagers back home. So it's not very easy to be a good father for teenagers because they are rebels and, and, and against all your great ideas. So what, the reason why I do so much sport is actually that I'm 56 and I'm, I'm pretty good shape. So I can, I can do whatever sport they want 
you know, the whole day. I can play hockey, I can play football with them like hours and hours and hours. And that's the way like I can show my they can show their emotions and we can hug with after the good goal and we can we can do great things together because I'm as good as they are in the fitness level. And it's not it's not like uh, every uh, it's not the thing what every every guy in my age can do. So it really gives me the motivation to to run and, and all this stuff is, is to be a great father. So have the deep, that's the third thing, deep motivation. You have to really have the words for, for your deep motivation, why you do things, what is important in your life. Such amazing tips right there. Thank you so much, Petri, uh, for that. Um, uh, Tommy, anything to add? Um, maybe one thing that was already really good and inspiring what Petri was you know, just sharing because, you know, um, both Nico and I are, you know, neither quite that old yet. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're Wonder. turning 40 next year, both actually. But, you know, to, to hear this sort of wisdom, if you will. But, you know, the one thing that I would like to add is this sort of in, in terms of this why. What's the motivation? What's the drive? You know, the way I see it is that that why actually can change and most likely, likely will change throughout your life. Like Petri, you said that in your case right now, your your why is is the you know the father, yep. being being able to be a good father. That's your why. But that wouldn't have been your why twenty years ago, I guess, right? Because if you yeah, haven't had teenage, yeah, the yeah. Deep, deep motivation, deep motivation is something what is kind of a long lasting motivation in your life, but it's not forever. So yeah. let's say I had a fifteen years ago, uh, my my deep motivation was to be so good at my work that I can create a lifestyle for my family that we can all, you know, yeah, chase our dreams. So that was kind of the thing. So, so that, that, that gave uh, my wife to, to time and, and money to do their PhD and stuff like that. So that was my motivation then. And now it has changed a bit, but, but you know, people, if, if you think about it, it should be like a five to 10 years there's long deep motivation then it's big enough but it, it, it hasn't been the whole life yeah yeah because I, I think like i often sort of i guess think that people feel like it's too big to find a, a sort of one why for their whole life yeah, it becomes too big like you know as we talked before that you know it takes small steps so also in this yeah. respect when it comes to the why i think it's good to choose a, a bit smaller why but you know good enough and big enough to motivate you and actually sort of drive you and and, and yeah. that can change along the way i think that's yeah. that's the only thing i would like to add yeah good good point very good point absolutely brilliant discussion right there now better where can people follow you Any oh. web- websites or social media media handles or whatnot yeah i, I think that be, i'm quite active in in, uh, in uh, linkedin and, and sure. uh, facebook i'm very active in Instagram. So these are the two social medias. What I use most is, is, is LinkedIn and, and Facebook. Fabulous. And we'll make sure we'll put all the links to um, your, your social media um, and to your website. Plus, we will link all the awesome three books that you've written. Now, obviously, if you are in Finland, um, then make sure you get Petteri's latest book, Variansi. Um, load yourself with energy. Um, obviously, that's, 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 that's an awesome book indeed. 
such an insightful and deep uh, motivating conversation right here about peak, peak performance and how to actually increase your energy levels uh, throughout your life in whichever situation you are. Thank you so much, Petteri and Tommy, for joining us today. And thank you, listener, to, uh, in joining us today in this Healthy Law Weekly episode number 28 together with Petteri Kilpinen and Tommy Rupa. If you haven't already please go ahead to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download the latest version of the Healthzilla app and start measuring your stress levels today and make sure you start building your healthy habits immediately and do those small changes as well that will carry out a long time. Thank you so much for joining us. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.